Amen. All right. So with that being said, uh, we're ready to get into the Word. So I hope you're doing well. Can you high-five somebody around you? All right. Just like that. Even if it's air high-five. Come on, somebody. Uh, Again, if you're just joining us online, hello, welcome. Uh, My name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic, and uh, I'm excited to get into the Word. In fact, you know what? Let's take a moment to pray. We've been praying, but let's pray again and, and, and thank Him for the Word. Father, we thank You for Your Word. God, would it speak to us today? God, we've come, Lord, and we need to hear from You. We need wisdom. We need direction. We need Your guidance. God, bring your word alive, and may it minister to our souls. We thank you, and in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, A couple of years back, we were preparing for a very big service. In fact, it was about uh, maybe two, three years, right before the 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 year before the pandemic. And I remember we were preparing for an Easter service, and and we were excited about it. We were doing three services indoors and outdoors. We're having this big old celebration. I think we had ponies that Sunday. We had a bunch of stuff going on and jump out stuff. And and so I remember me and the team, we got here really early that Sunday morning to set up. So I came with different clothes on. And so I I, uh, had my work clothes, my work shoes, and we're out there and we're just setting everything up. I finally get finished setting everything up, maybe about 20 minutes before the first service. So I I look at the time. I was like, you know what? Okay, I can do this. I can go get cleaned up. I can get my clothes on, get everything ready to go. You know, my wife had ironed my shirt. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I go, I start putting it, getting on, and I'm all ready to go. And and then I'm, I'm like searching in the bag, and I can't find my shoes. I'm like, it's Easter Sunday. I cannot find my shoes. I had shoes on like these ones. And so it's Easter Sunday. I'm all dressed and ready to go, and these are my shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, I wish somebody would have reminded me. Why didn't I remind myself? Have you ever been there and something happened and you're like, I wish I would have, I wish somebody would remind, I wish I would have reminded me. Maybe you're the person that's always reminding others. Anybody here this morning? You're the one that does all the reminding, okay? And so I, 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 was, I, I was just at this place where I was like, oh my goodness. This morning we're going to jump into a passage in 1 Timothy where we see Paul reminding Timothy Timothy is somebody that Paul values very much in his life and his ministry, right? Do you have people in your life that you value, people that you want to see do well, people that you want to succeed, you you, you believe the best for them? Paul sees that in Timothy. He sees somebody that he wants to, 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 to thrive, to do well, to succeed. He values him. He wants to see him do well. It's that perspective that when they win, you win, and when when you win, they win. And so Paul, in his letter to Timothy, he gives him a a final charge. And when I think of a final charge, I think of maybe not necessarily new information, but more kind of landing the plane of everything that he's trying to communicate to him. And just previously, he he talks to him about watching out for false teachers, People who sound good but really have an agenda or don't really know what they're talking about. But, hey, man, they sound good. So, hey, that's clickbait. I'm going to listen. I'm going to watch because they, 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 they sound good. And he's also warning them, warning him about the love for money. Listen, Timothy, watch out for the love of money. Focusing on money above God or chasing that paper or chasing that dream above God. And then he gives him this final charge, beginning with these two verses, 
And he says this in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 11 through 12. He says this, but you, man of God, he says, flee. Would you flee? Now, what does flee mean? Does flee mean like, well, let me check it out. See, let me just kind of walk away. Well, let me turn back. I mean, should I really? No, flee doesn't mean that, right? Flee means I need to get out of here, right? But I love what God is. God doesn't ask you to leave one place without giving you direction. God doesn't close the door without opening. He doesn't, he send, he, 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 God, God, God will lead you into that. And he does this over and over in his word. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all of this, from the things of the world, from the things that are distracting, from, from flee from the love of money, free from these false teachers and all these things, flee from these things. And then he tells you, he tells them this, and pursue. What does it mean to pursue, right? That means I'd chase after. I would go after this. I would make this my goal. I would make this my aim in life. He says, pursue, pursue righteousness. What's righteous? That's right living, right? We know what's right and what's wrong. We know we shouldn't do what we, what we shouldn't be doing, right? He says, right living. So pursue righteousness. And then he says, pursue godliness, right? That I would choose intentionally to become more like Jesus in my life life, right? This is pursue faith, right? That my faith would be elevated. I would have a greater faith. I would believe God, right? Then pursue love, that I would love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and that I would love others as myself. I would, I would pursue love. And then it says this, pursue endurance. This is such a big deal because I don't want to be a Christian that just follows Jesus for one week, or follows Jesus half-heartedly. I only believe some of the things of the Bible, right? I don't want to be a Christian that blows away when the wind blows, right? Here comes the new thing, and here I am. I'm blown away, and I'm no longer following Christ. I want to make a decision to be a Christian that follows him to my last breath. Come hell and high water, I'm going to follow Jesus. Right, I'm going to live for Jesus. He's going to be my Lord. He's going to be my Savior. He's going to lead and guide me. I, I, I am a Christ follower. I'm a disciple of Christ. I want to have endurance in my life. And Paul's telling Timothy, the man of God, as he addresses him, man of God, would you pursue endurance? Would you last? Life is going to come with its uppercut, but would you last? Would you endure, right? And then pursue gentleness in the way that we communicate to others, in the words that come out of our mouth, in the way that we treat each other, in the way that we show each other love. Would we pursue gentleness? And then the Bible says this in verse 12. Paul talking to Timothy tells him, fight the good fight of the faith. Someone say that. Fight the good fight of the faith. That's it. He tells him that. Fight the good fight. And then, and then I want you to see this. He says this. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession. And if you're a believer in Christ Jesus this morning, you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He tells him, fight the good fight of the faith. See, Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, believing that Timothy is going to have a major impact on those around him, that God is going to use him, that if Timothy keeps on track with the things of God, he's going to have great impact in the areas around him, 
The church will grow. The church will grow wide, certainly, but very importantly, the church will grow deep. As we get shaped into Christ's followers, becoming the men and women of God, becoming the reflection of who God is in our life. You see, this morning, I simply want to encourage you to fight the good fight of the faith. I simply want to remind you of a few areas this morning. So I've titled this morning's message, Word to Remember, W-O-R-D capitalized to remember, word, the word of God, word to remember in your life. And so a little bit more points than normal and a, and, a, and a few more verses than normal, but I want you to get this. I really, really want you to get this. The Lord has been stirring this in my heart. I've been writing this message for about three weeks, and I just, this is what the Lord has for you this morning. So would you receive this? Number one, the first word to remember is to watch out for the enemy. Now, you know who your enemy is, you know who your adversary is, you know who Satan is, you know who the devil is, but would you watch out for the enemy? And I've talked about this quite a bit, but I want you to come to a place where you ask yourself the question. You ask yourself, where is he trying to attack my life? Ask yourself. If we were to sit down and do a one-on-one, and maybe we're having some coffee, I don't drink coffee, but I'll have some coffee with you, and we're sitting down, and we're having a one-on-one, and I say, hey, you know, where's the enemy attacking you right now in your life? Would you be able to identify that? Would you be able to tell me, you know what, the enemy's trying to get me right now in my marriage? The enemy's trying to get me right now in my finances. The enemy's trying to get me right now with my kids. You know, would, would you be able to identify me if I asked you the question, where is the enemy trying to attack you in your life? Some say, you know, you could say, well, you know, I'm protecting my marriage. Yeah, but what about your kids? Or I'm praying for my family, but what about your personal devotional time with God? Is that being attacked? That time that's supposed to be set apart, you and God, not you and the rest of your family, but you and him. Is, how is that, is that being attacked? You know, the Bible that's speaking of a time here with, with, with the devil, it says this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. It says, the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Emphasis on leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. His angels are his demons. Right? It's, it's, it's explaining here what's, what's happened. And then in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, it says, Then the dragon, just eight verses down, Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus... See, I want you to understand something just, just, just simple here. Satan looks to wage war against those who are following God, who are keeping God's commandments. Now, if, if you're not keeping God's commandments, then he's already got you in the back. He ain't, he's not worried about you. not tripping off you. He's got you. He's not worried about you. But the minute that you step in trying to follow God and keep the commandments of God, you're on the list. He's, he, he's seeking after you. In 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it says this, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is, this is his everyday life. I've said this before, but he doesn't take days off. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's, not, he's not taking vacation. 
He's looking to get you in any area that he can. If it's not your marriage, then it's your kids. If it's not your kids, it's your personal time. It's your finances. It's your health. It's these different areas. He's your, your, your commitment to the things of God. He's, he's looking to attack you where he can. Well, I, I'm a strong brother in the crowd. I, I've been serving the Lord for a long time. Yeah, but he, he's looking. He, he, he's looking to get into these areas. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. The thief, talking about our adversary, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his purpose. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, church, this morning, I simply want to remind you of the word that Christ is our only hope. I simply want to remind you to watch out for the enemy because he's looking to see how he can make his way. It just takes a little crack of open the door. You don't have to open the door all the way. Hey, come on in my life. No, no, you just have to, you just have to, just have to open it up just a little bit. And he'll make his way right in. You see, life in this life and the one to come is only through Jesus. It's only through Jesus. So watch out for your enemy. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, I don't want to come back from this sabbatical and find out that you're following some type of radio, internet guy that's all over the place, doesn't, it's not even about God. You know, one of the things that I prayed for you the most during the pandemic was that you would be protected in your heart, your mind, your ears, and your eyes from false teachers. Because all of a sudden, everybody got a platform. All of a sudden, everyone just click, oh, yeah, or, you know, or social media, a quick story or, or uh, on Instagram. It just, all of a sudden, everybody had access to put something. They got a lot of followers, so they must be right. And, and all of a sudden, we're in all of this stuff. And that was my prayer before the Lord, that God would protect you through that. Too many people, too, uh, too many of the wrong people have a platform. And so, again, simply watch out for the enemy. Number one. Word to remember, watch out for the enemy. Word to remember, number two, is, is, is this, serve each other. Serve each other. Now, I've said this before, but there's nothing like being a parent and watching your kids serve each other. Right? There's, there's nothing like that. When, when I see my kids serve each other, it brings me such joy. Right? I, I love to see them getting along. I love to see them serving each other. I love to see that. Listen, parents, if, if, if you want to see your children grow up and become adults and, and be, still be friends and invite each other over to the house, you have to cultivate those relationships now. Teach them to serve each other. Teach them to love each other. Teach them to come alongside each other. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In the same way that we'd like to see our children serve each other, brothers and sisters, I'm asking you to serve each other. Well, pastor, how do I do that? Well, God has uniquely gifted you in different areas. Some of you are, 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 are gifted in one area. Some of you are gifted in another. I know some of you would like to be gifted on the worship team, but that may be not your gift, and that's Okay. Some of you would like to get up here and start singing, but that's maybe not your gift, and that's okay. You know, 
I don't sing. Everybody think, hey, you got such a deep voice. I bet you, yeah, you'd be a great singer. No, that ain't my gift. I tried many times. <laughs> and that's all right. Thank you. But use your gifts. Use the different gifts to serve each other. Use the resources. Use the connections. Use what God has given you to help build each other up. Now, here's a verse that I've preached on, again, I don't know, three or four times this year, but Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Right, that means that I, I, I care what this sister is going through, what this brother is going through. Right, I, I, it's not just, hey, how are you? Good, God bless you. Okay, we'll see you next week. Cool, man, cool. You know, No, it's, it's I'm going to invest in each other. I'm going to care what each other's going through. You know, I, I'm going to pay attention more to the details. I, I'm going to pray for you. I'd actually like to know what's on your heart. I'd actually like to know what you're hoping for. I'd like to know what's happening in your life. Don't, you can't just wait for that one day. Oh, one day. But we look for opportunities to serve each other. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says this, Therefore, encourage one another. And build one another up just as you're doing. Paul talking to the church there. And he says, just as you're already doing. Keep doing it. Encourage one another. Build one another up. It's, it's, it's looking for these opportunities to speak life. To come alongside. To actually care about your brothers and sisters. And pay attention to what's happening in their life. Some of you feel like, I don't know if I could step out of my comfort zone. I don't know if I could connect with people in this way. I don't know if I could even help in any way. But I'm telling you this, in the name of Jesus, yes, you can. In the name of Jesus, you can make a difference of somebody in this room. In the name of Jesus, you can make a difference of somebody in our church. I want you to understand this. We are stronger together. So the number one word to remember is watch out for the enemy. Number two word to remember is to serve each other. And number three word to remember is to give generously, to give generously. Now, this is a huge part of the maturity of our faith, that we would trust God in these areas. Now, the other wonderful thing is, you know, as a pastor, and I've told you guys this many times as your pastor, I've been so blessed by your, generos by your generosity and faithfulness to God. I mean, there's so many different areas of ministry that we're able to do because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness. I get to meet with other pastors, and we talk, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've even just bragged on them. You know, they'll, they'll talk about, hey, this, this many people have, you know, give it in my church. I'm just like, we have such a generous church. We have such a generous, and I thank you so much for your generosity. Continue to be generous. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. This is this, one gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and whoever waters will himself be watered. Right? These are the principles of God. This is how God makes the math. God's really, he's like, listen, I'm going to make the math simple for you. I don't want to get complicated. Some of us are not good at math. Come on, somebody. Hey, some of us, hey, hey, calculus, hey, somebody. Listen, God just likes to make the math very, very simple for us. He just, he, he says, look, this is how it is. Some of us, I know, when we talk about giving generously, it's like, oh, God, Pastor, why don't you just preach on how God will never leave me nor forsake me and he's always with me and all that. Uh, it's important that we understand this, that we would be generous, that we would give generous. These are the promises of God's word, that we would 
refresh that we would give and God would bless us, that God refreshes, that God would work in this area. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. This is this. The point is, and Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. And he's talking to them about giving. He says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Right? Give generously and reap bountifully. Right? May you receive the blessing of God in your life. And so I just, I just want to simply remind you of that. The word to remember. Would you give generously? So remember to watch out for the enemy, to serve each other, to give generously. And number four, word to remember is to be faithful to your devotion time. Be faithful to your devotion time. Now, I want to say this. This is key to everything else in your life. See, you want to see some things happen. There's some things in your heart. There's some things that you want to pray for. There's some things that you'd like to see come to pass in your life. It's going to come from this connection right here. Okay, this, this, this is key, key to everything else. If you'll stay connected to the vine, if you'll stay connected to our Heavenly Father, everything else will flow from that. The maturity you're hoping to have, the healing that you'd like to see, the peace of mind that you'd like to, that open door that you'd like to step into, come on somebody, will come from you staying connected to our Heavenly Father. That, that, that area that you'd like to overcome, those chains you'd like to see broken, the generational curses that have taken place in your family line. I don't want to be like, I want to walk into the things of God. Those things, when you stay connected to the vine, they'll happen in your, in your life. They'll happen in your life. And Jesus models this for us over and over. We see Jesus is doing ministry. He's hanging out with the disciples and suddenly Jesus walks away. He, 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 he walks away. Everybody, you know, they'll ask me, Pastor, why does Jesus always leave them? Why does he always go to lonely places? You see, it's in that that Jesus finds the strength and the endurance and the, and the connection with the Father to do what he needs to do. You know, getting on the cross is not an easy thing. See, we understand the theology of it. Jesus is 100% man and 100% God at the same time. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's sweating blood. But yet he still gets on the cross because the Father has asked him to do this for us. Could you imagine coming to this mental state, this mental understanding of what's about to happen and the weight of it all? We see Jesus constantly withdrawing, being alone and seeking the Father. In that, he finds his strength, he finds his direction and the ability, the power to do what he needs to do. And so would you commit, would you be faithful to your devotional time with the Lord? Be strengthened, in fact, by his word, because his word is alive and his word will speak to you. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 16 through 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. God's word will do its work in your life. If your devotional time contains God's word, it'll happen in your life. Yes. See, walking out this life is so much easier if we walk it out with God's word leading the way. And if you miss a day, don't make that a habit. Jump right back in. You know, do, do you have a goal to draw closer to God? Right? Do you, may, maybe you have a goal that you want to start. You want to start watching the words that come out. You want to stop cussing. You want to stop doing this or that. 
Get into the Word of God, right? Do you have a goal to learn more about God? Get into the Word of God. Whether you're reading the Word or listening to the Word, it'll help you move forward by leaps and bounds. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. We might have hope. See, the Word of God is going to do it in your life because it's live and active, because it doesn't return void, because if you allow it to take shape in your it'll shape and mold you. It'll bring you the encouragement that you need. It'll keep your eyes focused on the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. I'm praying for you to stay in the Scriptures. I'm, paying, I'm praying that you keep your devotional time. Be faithful to that. So number one, Word to remember, would you watch out for the enemy because he's looking, he's looking. Number two, the word to remember, would you serve each other, care about what each other is going through. Number three, word to remember, would you give generously and be blessed through that. Number four, would the word to remember, would you be faithful to your devotional time with God. And the last thing that I want to share with you this morning is number five, would you share the gospel. Number five, words to remember, would you share the gospel? The truth is, brothers and sisters, God has done some amazing things in your life. And I come before you today as your pastor. I've never come before you pretending to be something that I'm not. I need the Lord Jesus. I've shared with you over and over my story and my testimony. At 18 years old, God transformed my life. I hadn't even really known too much about God, but I met him. My life was surrendered to him. And even that, I, I, I struggled along the way, but God, I allowed him to continue to work and to work and allow him to shape me and transform me and to have his way in my life. See, each and every one of us has a story on our journey with Christ. There's so much power in that when you share that with somebody else. If you have the cure to cancer and somebody is dying, would you simply let them? No, right, we have the answer to eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so we must share what God has done in our life with others. Amen? In John chapter 14, verse 6, it says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are so many ideas out there. There's so many people in 2021, they'll say, hey, just pick one of the religions. You pick one. They all lead to eternal life. If that one works for you, good. If that one works for you, good. Just pick one. But that's not the truth of Scripture. That's not what Jesus says. He says the only way to the Father is through Him. The only way. He doesn't say this is one of many ways. Pick this one because it's good. He says there's only one way. And that way is in Christ Jesus. In Psalms 96 verse 3 it says this. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the people. Would you declare that? God has been so good in your life. I'll tell you how good God has been in my life. But I'll tell you this. God's been good in your life. God's been good in your life. What he has seen you through. Come on, somebody. Where you were before and where you're at today. The chains he's already broke. The, 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 your feet are on solid ground. God has been good. And even in the trials and tribulations, maybe today your heart is weighing heavy. Maybe you feel like you're in a battle. You're in a storm. You're, in a, you're at this place where it's tough. Even in that, God is good. 
even you feel like you're alone, you're never alone because He's with you. Call on His name. God has done so much in your life. You've seen His faithfulness. You've seen His provision. You've seen Him make a way. Share what God has done. The last verse that I want to read for you, the last one. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 and 14 says this. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Is, that, is there a person that you know that needs to call on the name of the Lord? It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it says this, but how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? That's where you and I come in. In 2021, when they're being so boisterous about this idea and this idea and you know you have your truth i got my truth in 2021 where everything goes would we be bold enough to stand up and say jesus is the only way you know we look at the men and women of the bible and they they, they were so bold and you know they, they were threatened for their faith and they just they, they, they said don't care this is the truth of god i've experienced the truth of god Right, and, and, and this morning I'm asking you to believe. I, I, I am asking you to believe, absolutely. But each and every one of you know what I'm talking about when you experience the presence of God. So would you be bold and brave? Would you stand for who Jesus is? Would, you, would, would it come out in, 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 with your family, with your friends, your social media, with your school, wherever you're at? Would you, would you be bold and brave? This is who God is in my life. Paul encouraged Timothy, fight the good fight of the faith, right? Pursue endurance. Flee from these areas and pursue righteousness. Pursue godliness, right? Pursue endurance. Pursue gentleness. Pursue these things. Flee from those. But pursue these areas. Fight the good fight of the faith. You know what I love about Paul? And, and as he closes all of his letters, he expresses this great love for the church. And I'll tell you the same, that from the very first day that I met you, I fell in love with you. God gave me a heart for you. And it's been my prayer that God would bless your home, would bless your family, would, would strengthen you, encourage you, would shut doors in your life you have no business walking into and open doors that he does have for you that his presence would be in your home that you would grow in your faith that you would mature in these areas would you remember these areas here's the challenge in fact here's this is what it says review these five areas once a week and choose to keep focused on the things of God. As I get ready to, to take this time to be on a sabbatical, just some vacation, some spiritual retreat time, seek the Lord in fasting and prayer, some counseling for myself. I love you all. I, I've never gotten up here from a place of not being authentic. I don't put on a show Christ has done a great work in my life. 
And I know he's doing that in each and every one of us. So would we continue to pursue him in these areas? Maybe there's some areas of your life that the truth is there's some stuff going on in the dark. The truth is that there's some stuff happening here and, and, and you know what? It's not right. It's not right before God. Would you let it go? Would you flee from it, in fact? Flee from it and choose to pursue the godliness, the right living. And let God bless you. Let God work. Let God transform. Let God break the chains. You know, we think about somebody shackled up and chained up, right? They, their hands tied, feet tied, and, and, and there they are. They're just going, living life. Oh, yeah. YOLO, you only live once. But we want to see chains broken. We want to see generational curses. It doesn't have to be the way it was with your family and the, the, their parents and their parents and their parents, uncles. Break the curses. You know how? In the name of Jesus pursue him. I want to take a moment to pray for you. We're going to close out this morning. We're going to sing a worship song. But let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, you are so good. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this moment and your presence and your house. And right now, God, I just pray your blessing over this church. Everyone who calls this church home, God, would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them, God? Would you work in their lives? I pray, God, they'd come to a place of surrendering. Say, God, I want to do it your way. God, I want to grow in my faith. God, I want to mature in these areas, Lord. Father, I just pray you do a wonderful work in them. Thank you, Lord, for them. I pray, God, that your angels would surround them and protect them. I pray, precious Jesus, that your blood would cover them. I pray, God, that your presence would be in their homes. I pray, God, that you'd minister to them as they rest, Lord. I pray, God, that you'd give them dreams and visions. You'd speak to them audibly, God. Speak to them in your word. Speak to them prophetic ways, God. Thank you, Lord. God, for you are good and you're faithful. God, you love your children. You know each and every one of them. There's not one that you've missed. So I thank you, God.